Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk all about jealousy and regret, getting older, and how do we maintain happiness and positivity and motivation despite the fact that we're, you know, getting a little up there in years. So this episode is all about staying motivated and never letting your age or your circumstance define your long-term productivity. We want to stay motivated and productive in our life. And how do we deal with jealousy? How do we deal with regret? At the end of the day, regret can be a double-edged sword. On the one hand, regret can make us uh, work really hard to make up for lost time. But on the other hand, uh, it can also uh, really kill our mental health. And we're going to talk about that. Rebecca and I are going to go into a few articles about motivation and about regret and jealousy. Jealousy, uh, I think, at the forefront of regret, we often get envious or jealous of that which we don't have or that which we feel we're entitled to. At the end of the day, it's about dealing with an unfair world. That's always been the hardest lesson for me is how do we end up, you know, being okay with the unfairness of life. Some people are just born with more money. Some people are just born with better looks. Some people are just born with, you know, certain physical attributes that we wish we had. But at the end of the day, we got to make the best of who we are and what we are and, and let really let energy be intentional. Let that be our guide. To be motivated and guided by a sense of who we are and really knowing thyself. And that's what it's all about. If you like us and the work we're doing, we like you. We like what you're doing. And we're trying to create better outcomes in our society and better mental health. It's all about fighting against depression and anxiety and all the things that hold us back from a better life. So if you want to help us, please come on over to my link tree. That's linktree forward slash Jeff Comedy. As well as Patreon. That's Patreon forward slash Jeff Comedy. And let's begin. Welcome, gangsters and gangsterettes. How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and today I've got my lovely, beautiful, wonderful wife. It's Valentine's Day. She's more than a feeling, more than a feeling. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. Rebecca Russell, please say hi to the folks. Hi. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, you guys, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. Today, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we're going to get to the age-old question. Uh, how do we get older and let go of jealousy and regrets and staying motivated after a certain age? Now, this might apply to you getting old like 30. This might apply to you getting old getting 40. This might be you getting old, turning 50. <clears throat> That's me. Yeah, that is you. <laughs> but whatever age you are, we're all sort of bound by the laws of physics, bound by aging. And how do we stay uh, happy and motivated and, and letting go of jealousy and regrets in a time where uh, perhaps we're staring down the barrel of uh, more years uh, have passed and we got years left to come. And uh, at the end of the day, we want to maximize our time on this earth. We want to make sure that life is fun. And uh, the way we have to do that is we have to learn to balance our fitness. We have to learn to balance our career life. We have to balance our social life. We have to balance our home life. And so how do we do that 
and let go of all those regrets because it's easy. You, everybody's got a bucket list. Everybody's got a list where they're like, ah, I wish I had done this, 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 and this. And a lot of people can't be happy until they've scratched some itches and that's okay. But make darn tootin' that you're not setting yourself up for failure because what if the only thing that's going to make you happy is, you know, ah, if, if my boot had just touched the moon and you, and you never went to astronaut school, you may get a little disappointed down the road when you find out that uh, you're not going to be the next John Glenn. So it's not happening. It yeah. ain't going to happen. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we want to set up realistic expectations for ourselves, right? Uh, before we get started, though, I want to kind of give you guys some show notes. So yeah, you know, um, at the end of the day, I try very hard to not let my real life feelings get in the way of putting on a fun and good show and to put myself energetically out there for you guys uh, because I understand grief. I understand hardship and I understand depression. I have it. And at the end of the day, um, it, it could get exceedingly easy to hear my chipper uh, voice and banter and just assume, oh, he's got it all together. But believe me, I don't. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, um, I'm trying to do this despite having fibromyalgia, despite having depression, and despite uh, not always knowing where I'm going to go with this. Because at the end of the day, um, I love doing radio. I love uh, just putting myself out there energetically for people who need it. Because at the end of the day, we're living in a big, confusing world. And it can get exceedingly hard to just, you know, have mental health woe after woe after woe and never quite ever reach the that place where you find your, your life is in balance, in tune with the harm, harmonic frequencies of the uh, jiving with the universe, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. So at the end of the day, that's why we put on this show. But um, I, I, you know, I want to let you guys know that um, I've been going through a little bit of depression spell myself. Um, growth is hard. And that's why we're going on to the YouTube space. We want to go and prove to people that you can have situational depression and still be totally kick ass, that you can still work out, that you can still feel good and right in this world if you just Learn to scratch that itch. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to build an empath tribe. We're trying to get folks together to understand the common understanding of doing the right thing, being good people, having a sense of humor and fun in this life. Despite the fact that you got this, you know, monkey on your back, you know, this depression monkey or this anxiety monkey or this taking life too darn seriously monkey. At the end of the day, I mean, we all go there. We all go to the dark side. And so that's why we like to tackle a deep and serious subject, but in a way that hopefully is fun and inspiring and light and, and humorous. Because at the end of the day, man, human beings just have a way of taking themselves way too fucking seriously. And at the end of the day, we're just evolved monkeys, man. And we got to, you know, learn to just you know, pick each other's uh, gnats out of each other's hair and do the communal <laughs> thing, man. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean, though? I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a better analogy, but I think that's good. I'm sticking with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just as a quick show note, you guys, I've got six people following me on uh, the YouTube, Chef Bright Comedy. You guys, come on. I'm putting myself out there whole hog for you. I, all I expect in return is just a little bit of help me helping us get there. Help me get there. Help me help you. 
That's <laughs> what it's all about. Because the, the more you empower me, the more I feel unrestrained to help you guys. And that's what it's all about. It's a give and take. It's a push and pull. It's an ebb and flow. And that's what we're trying to do is create a community of people that help each other, for God's sake. Because at the end of the day, we all like to think we're like these rugged individualists. Oh, look at me. I'm such a rugged individualist. Well, guess what? No, you're not. At the end of the day, we need we don't get there by ourselves. We get there through community. We get there through hope. We get there through helping and healing each other. And that's what it's all about. And that's why we're trying to do this. And so please, at minimum, please go over and subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's Shoprite Comedy. And it's going to be fucking great. We're going to be doing paranormal reviews and movie reviews and paranormal roulette where we're going to take a roulette wheel of, of the top 20 shows and then we're going to review them and then we're going to critique them and then we're going to offer our understanding of how is this contributing to the paranormal world. We want to really get to the, uh, you know, the real age-old question. Is this helping or hurting uh, society? Is this helping or hurting uh, the paranormal community? Because frankly, if you're just there to like, you know, show off your muscles like Zach Bagans and wear, you know, thick-brimmed, black glasses and go and wear your straight build hat and and you're just like wow another zach bagans great that's what we need so i want to know are they contributing to the field in a, a appreciable way you know what i mean yeah yeah but another thing you guys can do is please just you know go to my patreon or go to my link tree that's patreon forward slash chef bride comedy and uh you know chip in three bucks a month it ain't gonna hurt nothing Five bucks a month. Um, at the end of the day, all that money goes to equipment costs. We get paid so very little, you guys, that I'm even wondering whether I'm going to even file for taxes. <laughs> because I, I get paid, I get, you know, I was getting about $12 a month from Patreon, and then it kind of jumped down to eight. And I have one patron left. Good old Idris. Thank you, Idris. <laughs> and it's pathetic. And I know, you know, people are like, oh, you're not supposed to say those parts out loud, Brian, because that's the stink of death. It shows people that you're not cool enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not good enough for podcasting. You can't show them. Don't let them see you sweat. You know, always go, go, go forward, forward, forward. But at the end of the day, Jesus Christ, this is a show about mental health. This is a show about keeping it real. This is a show about Real people talking real in the real world for real people by real people. That's what it's all about. So I'm going to let you know, hey, man, <laughs> what's up? You know, so please, if you can, pitch in a couple dollars. Go over to our link tree. That's linktree forward slash Chef Bride Comedy. And you guys, it ain't going to hurt nothing. Pitch in a cup of joe. Two bucks. It ain't going to hurt nothing. And that will help us so, so much feel like we're actually doing something good in this world. Because we, every week... We compile, we research, we do all these shows for you guys. Why? Because we want people to be happy. We want people to be uh, well-adjusted. We want people to tackle their problems and create a better life for themselves. That's what it's all about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So there you have it. We got the Chef Rise Food for Thought. That's going to be a YouTube channel and a podcast all over Spotify and Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and everywhere. And then we've got the uh, we've got the um, the Jeff Bry comedy uh, YouTube channel. I'm blanking out. It's the <laughs> middle of winter. I have no idea what's going on. I haven't seen sunshine in six months. <laughs> it was a tiny bit about an hour. I no, know there was. I I was almost excited. I know. There's also a tiny bit of snow on the ground across the street. I know. We missed it last night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, we're just trying to get through winter, you guys. Uh, how's your mental health, baby? 
it's actually pretty good. Good. I've been getting a shit ton of migraines. But yeah, I know. I know. So. Um, thankfully, my medicine will hopefully come today. Knock on wood. But um, yeah, no, yeah. my mental health is pretty good. I'm, I've been going through a little bit of depression, but nothing life altering. What it what it boils down to is I want this show to grow. I want I'm really quite ready for the next level of kicking ass. And when the numbers aren't there, I mean, they're stable. They're doing great. But we want to take over the world. We want to be your de facto mental health resource. We want to be people who uh, we just consider your, we're your friends. We're just friends hanging out, drinking coffee, drinking energy drinks in this case, <laughs> and just having a good time talking about real life. That's what it's all about. Just keeping it down to earth. Because at the end of the day, I mean, that's all there is. That's all we got is 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 each other. And And why not... I don't know. Instead of watching, I mean, you see the wealth, the wealthy in this country, they're all taking care of each other, scratching each other's backs. Yeah, they are. So why not we, the regular folks, help each other out? There's nothing wrong with a little bit of individuality. There's nothing wrong with being a, a, a an individual and, and having that rugged independence. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, when I sleep, you you look out for uh, Vikings and Marauders when 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 you sleep. I look out for Vikings and Marauders. It's a scratch each other's back kind of relationship, and so I, I really hope that you guys will see that we really are not doing this for our own ego. We are doing this to create a better life before it's too late. I mean, I'm old. I'm going to die in about five and a half days. <laughs> okay, maybe a little bit longer, but I'm just saying as we so. get as we get older, we we feel this impetus to do the right thing in this world. We feel this drive to want to help because at the end of the day, we've seen how capitalism functions. We see how it uh, uh, completely ignores our personal needs. And so that's what this episode today is all about is we all have regrets. We all have these, ah, why didn't I do this instead of that? So I'm, uh, before we start, I want to go into a story of my regret, okay? So back, uh, I guess this is about 2006, uh, I was getting ready to uh, move to Sacramento. And, uh, you know, skip to, you know, spoiler alert, it didn't work out. I ended up moving back about three months later, but I ended up moving in with my good buddy, the chiropractor, for a few months. And it just didn't work out. The job sucked. I ended up getting this job where I was a delivery driver. I had to get there. I had to be there at 5 a.m. And I am not a morning person. What? And then I ended up getting this job with Biba Caggiano. Look her up. She's got all these books. But she owned a little restaurant there in Sacramento. And so I ended up working there for a time. Uh, but I just didn't get along with the chef. And uh, I just didn't like him. He was not a very nice guy. And uh, he was just always saying off shit. And so I'd say off shit back. And it just boiled into this... It descended into anarchy and I just left. But um, but but I've always been driven. I've always been motivated. But motivation can only go so far. What you need is you need folks to help one another, right? And that's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to build uh, the worthiness to deserve and warrant that you guys help. And that's what we're trying to do is really give you guys every part of ourselves. That's why when you see these interviews that I do with Rebecca, I mean, she's tired afterward, boy. She's like, whoo, god dang. Because <laughs> I'm really trying to milk the subject to the point where we really feel like we've got an understanding of that topic. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. That's what it's all about. 
And so, uh, yeah, just, you know, getting older, though, babe. I mean, uh, let me finish my story real quick. I diverged. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> but getting older, you guys. Um, yeah, I was in Sacramento working as a chef, and uh, things didn't quite work out. Well, I ended up getting this mail uh, back home. My mom's like, hey, you got something from, you know, Food Network. I was like, oh, okay. And uh, I opened it up, and uh, they were inviting me to go be on this contest show. And I didn't know the name of it then, and I kind of forget the name of it now. <laughs> yeah. But it was where, um, long story short, it, I found out that that would have been the show where Guy Fieri got discovered. And so I would have been in direct competition with Guy Fieri, which he would have... I might have been the better cook, but it wouldn't have mattered because he's like... He's like such a ultimate uh, a ham when it comes to uh, just having that it factor when it comes to being a TV host. And I was like, and now that I'm a radio host, I'm like, oh, why didn't I try harder? You know, I, I actually rejected it because I was in the middle of moving. And I was in the middle of um, everything. I had gotten the letter. I just moved. And I, I was like, well, maybe. But I'm like, I just moved. I can't. You know, very. Well. I had rent to pay. I had bills. I, yeah. you know, I couldn't escape my life. So I ended up rejecting it. But you want to talk about regret? I might be Guy Fieri if I had beaten him. <laughs> I'm just saying. And so at the end of the day, yeah, we all got regrets. Do you have any regrets, babe? Um, not a lot. But actually, I'm sitting here in front of a, a thing that has Google Pictures, and there was just a Yosemite picture, which mm-hmm. kind of reminded me. At one point, I was thinking about trying to do this program where you, I think it was during the summer and you went and just kind of worked in the park, just doing kind of odds and ends and this and that. And I don't really know that it would have been able to work out because I had an apartment, I had rent, I had a cat, like I had a job. I didn't know. There's probably no way it could have worked out, but I just, it would have been such a awesome thing to go spend a summer working in this place that I absolutely love living in a little cabin. And yeah, well, so that's kind of, yeah, yeah. And we all fun. we all have these little regrets, these little nagging feelings of why didn't I do this? Why didn't yeah. I do that? You know, I remember, um, you know, YouTube took off in 2007. I was a chef. Why didn't I become the first YouTube chef? I could have done it back then. I was tech savvy. I had a computer. I had cameras. I was like, why didn't I do it? It just, it's like I just was so busy. You know, because that's the thing, you guys, is that you don't realize how conventional society tricks your brain into thinking that you can't do unconventional things. And now that unconventionality is so commonplace, so many YouTubers, so many artists, so many content creators in various platforms, whether it be on Skillshare, whether it be on Twitch, whether it be on YouTube, but there's so many different ways now that you can earn a dollar. Um, and, and why I decided to go into it now that the market is saturated, <laughs> uh, it's like I'm really just relying on energy is intention. That when you do right in this world and you do right by people, it will, it will uh, you know, it will reward you tenfold, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but regrets, I mean, we all got them. And so I want to start this article here. So this article uh, comes from weforum.org, and the name of the article is What Science Tells Us About How to Overcome Regret. And it's fairly new. It was January 12th, 2022, so we're not talking some old article. A year ago. From the old days. It was Mm -hmm. brand new. (laughs) Brand new science. So here it says, 
Regret is more than just a feeling. It is a tangible reaction to events or past choices that can increase stress and negatively affect our physical health. Research shows that regret caused by inaction is more likely to result in negative mental and physical health concerns. Um, utilizing the cognitive psychological model REACH, R-E-A-C-H, trained professionals can help individuals shift from uh, entrenched feelings of regret. Below is an exploration of regret and the research that, uh, that's been done to overcome it. So it jumps right in here. It says, a friend of mine, we will call him Jay, his name is probably Dave, <laughs> was working for IBM in New York City in the early 90s. He's a computer programmer and made a good salary. Occasionally, competitors and startups approached Jay to join their companies. He, he had an offer from an interesting but small organization in Seattle, but the salary was paltry, and uh, most of the offer package was in uh, company shares. After uh, consulting with friends and his parents, Jay declined the offer and stayed with IBM. He has regretted it ever since. That's small company, Microsoft. Oh, man. Oh, snap. Regret is a very real reaction to a disappointing event in your life. A choice you made that can't be changed. Something you said that you can't take back. It's one of those feelings you can't seem to shake. A heavy and intrusive negative emotion that can last for minutes, days, years, or even a lifetime. Imagine, imagine excuse me. Imaging studies reveal that feelings of regret show increased activity in an area of the brain called the medial orbitofrontal cortex. Dealing with regret is even more difficult because of the other negative emotions connected to it, remorse, sorrow, and helplessness. Regret can increase our stress, negatively affect physical health, and throw off the balance of hormones and our immune system. Regret is not only unpleasant, it's actually unhealthy. As a licensed clinical psychologist at the uh, University of Virginia School of Medicine, I conduct, and this is the, the, the article, not me, but the, the person, <laughs> uh, I conduct research on stressful emotions. Through this work, I help patients overcome regret, move on with their lives, and grow. And that is the good news. Regret can be overcome through interventions like therapy and evidence-based strategies. A sense of stuckness. There are basically two ways to experience regret. One is what researchers refer to as the action path, and the other is the inaction path. Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That is, we can regret the things we did, or we can regret the things we did not do. Research suggests that action-related regrets, although painful, spur people to learn from their mistakes and move on. But regret related to the inaction path, kind of like mine... Yeah. Uh, the things undone, the opportunities lost is harder to fix. This kind of regret is more likely to lead to depression, anxiety, a sense of stuckness, and no, uh, a feeling of longing over not knowing what could have been. The whole, like, what if? Yeah. Thing. What if? Mm -hmm. What? What? Oh, why didn't I do this yeah. when I yeah, was staring me in the I face? I definitely see if you get yourself stuck in that mindset, it absolutely yeah. could lead to depression. It does. And, and I, and it does for me a lot. Yeah. That's why I, when I say I have depression, it's not chemical. It's, 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 it's just feeling regret. It's feeling yeah. situational depression over what I know I'm capable of and what the world will give me, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people deal with that. And that's why Definitely. I try not to take it out 
on the show. I make sure it's a damn good show, despite the fact that I might be feeling a little sour or feeling a little over yeah. it or whatever. We we have these real human feelings, and they're just yeah. It, you just got to deal with them and try to make you know make make the best out of it. Turn your sour grapes into a fine wine. Yeah, absolutely. that's another episode that's <laughs> that I did um, that we did. Uh, as with other negative emotions, it doesn't work to avoid, deny, or try to squash regret. In the long run, these tactics only increase negative feelings and prolong them, uh, the t- and prolong the time you suffer with them. Rather than stay stuck, people can manage these emotions in four steps. First, accept the fact that you are not feeling them. Or, God, I can't read today. <laughs> it's like. I think I had that last week. Now I have it. (laughs) First, accept the fact that you are feeling them. Determine why you are feeling them. Allow yourself to learn from them. And finally, release them and move forward. You can help uh, release these feelings of regret by practicing self-compassion. This means reminding yourself that you are human. You're only doing the best you can, and you can learn from past decisions and grow. Showing this compassion to yourself can help you accept and move past the regret. Accepting that you have feelings of regret does not mean that you like these feelings. It just means you know that they are there. Yeah. It also helps to identify the specific emotion you're feeling. Instead of telling yourself, I feel bad, say this, this is me feeling regret. Simple as it sounds, the the semantic difference has a big emotional impact. Accept, acknowledge, and forgive yourself. Acknowledging your thoughts and feelings can bring relief from strong negative emotion. In Jay's case, he could remind himself that he had no crystal ball Instead, he made the best decision he could given the information he had at the time. Yeah, yeah I could be Guy Fieri right now. <laughs> I, I have to live with that. But you <laughs> but had other things. That I had other, other things going on, and... right? And I, I'm no, you know, I'm an empath, but I'm not a psychic. Yeah. <laughs> um, it says here uh, he had no crystal ball. Instead, he made the best decision he could given the information he had at the time, and given the same circumstances, most of his. Uh, contemporaries would have made the same decision. So it's just to err is to be human. Yeah. Yeah. This method of noticing and then uh, restructuring your thoughts is sometimes called cognitive reappraisal. Cognitive reappraisal. Seeing the situation in a different way may help you reduce regret and help you make future decisions. Forgiving yourself for actions taken or not taken is a powerful step towards overcoming regret. This has been formalized into a commonly used cognitive psychological model called REACH, R-E-A-C-H, which asks people to recall the hurt, recall, Mm -hmm. face it, empathize, to be kind and compassionate, altruistically offer forgiveness to oneself or whatever, maybe somebody else, Mm -hmm. depending on the circumstance, Uh, commit publicly, share it. And then hold on to that forgiveness and stay true to the decision. To the decision, research shows that six hours of work with a trained professional using this model can have a positive impact. So let's go over this again. Yeah. So reach. It's uh, R, which is recall the hurt. Okay. E, empathize. So be kind mm-hmm. and compassionate. A, altruistically offer forgiveness. To the situation or yourself or okay. somebody else. Yeah. Uh, then C, commit publicly by sharing it. Mm-hmm. And then H, which is uh, 
hold on to the forgiveness and stay true to that decision. Yeah. So you actually have to go through the process and then keep it instead of letting yourself fall back into the old pattern the old of patterns. regretting it again and exactly. thinking about it so and letting once you things. Yeah, and, exactly. It's kind of like you're going through the steps and then once you arrive at the last step, you have given it away. You've yeah. given it to the universe and now mm-hmm. you it's no longer going to haunt you forever. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. And then it says here, more knowledge equals less regret. At first, Jay pushed away his feelings of regret. He continued to struggle with thoughts of what he missed. He did not change until he approached and explored his feelings of regret, first with a friend and ultimately with a therapist. Eventually, he accepted the pain of not knowing what might have happened, but also reminded himself of his rationale at the time, which was actually quite reasonable. He demonstrated compassion towards himself and spoke to himself kindly the way he would when talking to a loved one or close friend. Practicing this self-compassion allowed him to build resilience, move on from negative emotions, and ultimately forgive himself. On making future decisions, Jay recognized the importance of obtaining uh, as much information about opportunities as possible. He challenged himself to learn about the big players in the field. Doing so allowed him to overcome his regret and move forward. New opportunities came along. Jay, currently employed by another giant computer engineering company, is doing quite well for himself and has been able to move beyond the regret of his past decision. So that's the whole article there. But what do you think, man? Yeah, that's exactly it. You have to realize that you didn't have a crystal ball at the time. There's no way you could have known. Well, And if you approach it in a way that you're realistically putting into account what's going on in your life and yeah. how your life is at the moment, as long right. as you did your best. Well, yeah, I think what it is, what it boils down to is it's like, it's like if you were like, you know, say you were just walking in a field and uh, there was a rainbow and a pot of gold and you just fucking missed it. You just missed it. You didn't see it. You walked by it and some other asshole got, got it and, and maybe you think that person's less deserving, or maybe you think that person's not as nice as you, or maybe you think that person's not as skilled as you. Whatever the case might be, we let these emotions of guilt and frustration take over our lives. And the bigger the regret, the harder it is probably to overcome. Yeah, and so, absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's why that's my big regret, because as a chef, I was pretty good, especially in those days. Boy, I was young enough to put up with all the bullshit. Now that I'm older, uh, I'm probably a smarter chef, but I'm I'm a less a trained chef in that I just cook at home now. I still mm-hmm. kick butt, but yeah. I kick butt to my standards, not the world standards. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very easy to feel regret about a lot, a good many things. At the end of the day, shit, I regret a lot. I regret having uh, moved to Oregon and gotten out of radio. I should have stayed and just planted my heels and blah, blah, blah. We, every choice we make in this life we we have good reasons for the choices we make but we can't always see the future and you know chances are if i had stayed down there in radio i probably would still be not on the air because they just had a blind spot towards me well that was they had their established people and as long as none of them were going anywhere there weren't going to be any openings or opportunities and they didn't want the competition and they don't like competition that's Mm -hmm. the thing you you often forget you guys is that human beings are fucking scared shitless of competition oh boy if they can crib death competition they will 
And so be careful of those kind of opportunities and people out there because, yeah, at the end of the day, they might be nice people socially and all that. But then at the end of the day, if they feel threatened by your your awesomeness, shit, you know, you got to outshine the world, not the other way around. And if if that's not going to lead to a pathway of opportunity, you just got to keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've done. And I feel pretty good about it. I have my days of wondering what could have been. But at the end of the day, look at me. I'm do- I've done more radio time here than I ever would have down on the radio station. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, and I, and I like the work we're doing. We're putting in good, honest work. Doesn't matter how cool we are. It doesn't matter how popular we are. If I died tomorrow, I would die knowing that I'm not working at Target. I'm doing what I love and I'm trying to help the world in a real and appreciable way. That's what I cling to. Yeah, for sure. You know? And so we've got several more articles here. I want to go through them quickly, but my rationale is is that um, you know at the end of this we're going to talk about motivation. How do we stay motivated despite the fact that we're getting older? Despite the fact that the world really doesn't care whether we live or die or succeed or fail. At the end of the day, how do you stay motivated despite there not always being instant results, instant gratification? And so we're going to go into an article about um, how to age gracefully. Uh, how to not be jealous, 12 tips and tricks. And then uh, we're going to talk about, at the end, motivation. And uh, so, babe, setting y'all up. Uh, do you want to go ahead and uh, let us know what's going on with that article? So my thinking is, is that regret often leads to envy or jealousy. And so that yeah. led me down the road of let's find a good scientific article that talks about jealousy and how we can deal with real feelings of envy or jealousy. Go ahead, Beck. Yeah, um, this is from Healthline, and it's 12 Ways to Let Go of Jealousy. So it's from Halloween of 2019. Yeah. Um, jealousy has a bad reputation. It's not uncommon to hear well-meaning people say things like, don't be jealous, or jealousy destroys relationships. But what makes this emotion so bad? While it's often linked to romantic relationships, jealousy can come up whenever you're worried about losing anything or anyone important to you. This is different from envy, which involves wanting something that belongs to someone else. Right. So that's kind of, that's a that's good distinction diff- because that's a great distinction. they're so, they're so interchangeable, but there's a small But they're difference. really not. Yeah. Right, so right. jealousy is when it's people and envy is with things. Oh, okay. Kind of is what, that seems yeah. about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So jealousy can lead to feelings of anger, resentment, or sadness, but it can often tell you a thing or two about yourself and your needs. Here's a look at some ways to cope with jealousy and examine what's at the root of your feelings. Number one, trace it back to its source. If you get that jealous twinge, ask yourself what lies at the root of it, then take steps to change what you don't like in order to get what you want. Right. So it kind of gives some examples. Examining your jealous feelings could give you insight on where they come from. One, your sister's new relationship causes jealousy because you haven't had much luck dating and worry you'll never find the right person. Two, your coworker's promotion makes you feel jealous because you believe you aren't good enough at your job to get a promotion yourself. Or you're too good and they got it anyway. Right, that, <laughs> and that definitely happens. Yeah, yeah. favoritism and all they, that right. nonsense. The games. Um, and another example, when your partner starts spending a lot of time with a new friend, you feel jealous because that was the first sign you noticed when a previous partner cheated. Right. So whether your jealousy stems from insecurity, fear, or past relationship patterns, knowing more about the causes can help you figure out how to confront it. Absolutely. So it just says, um, 
an example. Maybe you have an open conversation with your supervisor about getting on track for promotion. Resolve to try a different approach to dating or talk to your partner about your feelings. Right, right. Yeah. Basically, just kind of realizing where it's coming from. Absolutely. Instead of letting it take over and just kind of mindlessly make you feel well, and, and way. Yeah, because those feelings oftentimes are childish feelings. And when we explore those feelings, then mm-hmm. our, the rational part of our brain can sort of take over yeah. the childish part of us that just is blinded by this right. emotion. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So number two is to voice your concerns. If your partner's actions or someone else's actions toward your partner trigger jealous feelings, bring this up with your partner as soon as possible. Your partner may not have noticed the behavior or they may not have realized how you felt about it. Use the opportunity to talk over any relationship boundaries you might want to revisit or discuss ways to keep your relationship strong. Yeah. So basically, talk about it. Yeah. Instead of just keeping it inside. Bottling and, it up. And, Anytime yeah, you bottle up feelings, they tend to fester. That's yep, right. They do. And here's another <clears throat> version of talking about it. Talk to a trusted friend. Jealousy can sometimes give you a slightly warped sense of reality. You might wonder if that nonverbal fl- flirting you swear you saw actually happened. Sometimes voicing these concerns to a third party can make the situation less frightening and help you gain some perspective. Right. Just get an outside view of what's actually happening. And then then your bestie says, you know that bitch is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) You're like, yeah, she is, huh? Yeah, Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Exactly. I feel better. (laughs) Go ahead. All right. So another next step, put a different spin on jealousy. Jealousy can be a complex, strong emotion, and you might, might not feel very good when you're dealing with it. But instead of thinking of it as something negative, try looking at it as a helpful source of information. Mm-hmm. Jealousy tells you there's a difference between what you have and what you want. Unchecked jealousy can turn into self-blame and create a cycle that keeps you feeling deprived. But you may be able to manage it by identifying it as helpful information that you can use to create circumstances in which your needs are met. Yeah. So just looking at it in a different different perspective. Yeah. Well, and yeah. what you can learn from it. Right. So. Yeah. Well, and oftentimes, sometimes we don't understand the emotion. We have to... Put it in, uh, you know, language and terms that our brain goes, yeah, yeah. And then sometimes that helps us see it from a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the next step, consider the full picture. Jealousy sometimes develops in response to a partial picture. In other words, you might be comparing yourself and your own achievements and attributes to an idealized or incomplete view of someone else. But you never truly know what someone's going through, especially when you're just looking at social media. Right. And this is a funny example. So your college friend with the Facebook photos of her and her husband out in a meadow looking so carefree and happy. For all you know, they argued all the way out there and they're sweating bullets under all that matching plaid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that a lot of people, they like to uh, show themselves as an idealized, perfect version of themselves. And that's to mask their own insecurities. So at the end of the day, don't be jealous of somebody else's looks or somebody else's perfect relationship because you don't know what it's really like in real life. Exactly. And you know, that's that's one of the problems of social media. Right. People are just putting their best foot forward and people are... Well, and that's why I tell you guys, social media is horseshit. It's not real. We can get real things from it, but we the only way we're going to get something from social media is by being emotionally mature and emotionally real and emotionally honest. Yeah. Because once you start faking it, you're going to feel like the need to fake it all the time. And then one day you're going to wake up and realize that, oh, I'm actually very depressed and very unhappy with my life. And I lost balance with my life because I've been trying this 
try, to trying to push this image this whole time. And now, yeah. how do you tell folks, how do you break the news that uh, that perfect version of yourself is all bullshit? And yeah, so exactly. don't set yourself up for failure. And that's why when I start this podcast and when I start the new show, I want people right at the onset to know that I have depression and anxiety and uh, a chronic pain condition because Mm -hmm. it shapes who I am and how I feel about life. And I'm not ashamed of that. And you go into that with giving people the understanding of why you're doing this. And and, and we're doing it uh, not only for our own therapeutic purposes, but also because you know what it feels like to be depressed. You know what it feels like to go through grief and struggles. And I don't want other people to struggle like I do. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yep. Alrighty, so the next step is to practice gratitude for what you have. A little gratitude can go a long way. It can not only reduce feelings of jealousy, but also relieve stress. You might not have everything you want. Most of us don't. But you probably have at least some of what you want. Maybe you even have some good things in your life you didn't expect. Oh, yeah. Social media. Everybody has a bigger house than us. Everybody has nicer Mm -hmm. jobs. Everybody has all these things. And I'm like, fuck. Why, where, when's my ship going to come in? I'm working my ass off, you know. Yeah, it gets exactly. easy to feel like that. But then you've yeah. got to realize, like, you, I look in the mirror, I see pictures of us, I look at the totality of our life, I'm like, people feel envious of us sometimes. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, Because exactly. we're a cute couple and we've got a lot, of, lot to offer the world. And so, yeah, no matter how big or small you are, um, don't measure your success based on you know, The Rock or some mm-hmm. celebrity. Measure it based on, you know, your own comfort and understanding yeah. of life. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, I just wanted to put out good work. I don't care how acclaimed it becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it just ends that little portion saying, even appreciating positive mm-hmm. things in your life that don't relate to jealousy can help you realize that while your life may not be perfect, but whose is, you've still got some good things going for you. Well, yeah. I mean, all the time I have to remind myself that we're warm, we're safe, we're comfortable. The bills are paid. The food is on the table. We've got family. And yeah, Yeah. I I mean, I I talked to you yesterday. Remember, I was like, we all have to prepare for that gut punch in life, whatever that is. Maybe it's your parents dying. Maybe it's uh, getting older. Maybe it's losing a job. But we all have to... Be prepared for the worst and and do everything and anything we can to sort of enjoy this life while we can in the here and now. It's so vital, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So the next step is practice in the moment coping techniques. Coping with jealousy as it comes up won't help you work through underlying causes, but it can help you keep the distress at bay until you can deal with the underlying causes. Right. So, yeah, just... Don't push everything down, kind of as it comes. Well, yeah, up, bottling up there things and... up is, you know, I mean, and and that's another thing. Like, you know, I had a job where this employer told me, if you ever have any issues, you just come to us and we'll talk about it. And I did, and I ended up making a goddamn fool out of myself because they weren't being sincere. Yeah, and I really did have some issues, and I was like, well, I'm trying my ass off, I'm working my ass off, and I just feel like I don't fit in around here, and. And, and then I started crying because I was overly stressed out because she doesn't know that I went through the army. I went right. through all these schools. I went through, uh, you know, this really high uh, stress EMT academy. And then I went through phlebotomy school. And then I ended up there at the blood center. And so I was confiding in her. And then I felt like a goddamn fool because I'm a dude. And I could tell that she didn't care. She was just saying the words. Yeah, and so be exactly. careful who you 
Um, mm-hmm. Trust. Be careful when people say I'm an open book or I'm an o- my door is always open. Maybe they're just saying that and they don't yeah. mean it. So That's, yeah, just be exactly. careful. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So going on to the next step is to explore underlying issues. Jealousy that persists and causes distress can sometimes relate to anxiety or self-esteem issues. Learning how to deal with either issue can automatically help soothe jealousy. Yeah. One way to approach low self-esteem involves identifying personal values such as compassion, communication, or honesty. This helps because it helps lets you check whether you're upholding these values in your daily life. Yeah. Well, that's what I, and that's exactly what I do. I didn't know I was doing it, but that's exactly mm-hmm. it. I wake up every day with a strong sense of self and who I am and my values, and then I yeah. let everything sort of fall as it may. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Said it also gives you a chance to notice your positive traits and review what's important to you. This can increase your sense of self-respect and may help decrease distressing feelings of inferiority or competitiveness. Right. Next tip, remember your own value. When jealousy prompts you to compare yourself to others, your self-worth can end up taking a hit. Your life might be pretty enviable to someone else after all. Yeah. But jealousy can make you feel like nothing you have is good enough. Well, yeah, when I was a teenager, I was a really muscular, handsome man. And I didn't know that I was those things until all the girls wanted me and I went through a growth spurt and everybody thought I was cute and girls all the time. You're so cute. I didn't know. I I was oblivious and I had jealous friends and all that. And then I got into, you know, martial arts and all that. So I was kind of tough and I didn't know what I had. I was just this like goofy, Mm -hmm. nerdy kid who ended up growing into this studly young man. And I didn't know what I had. And now right. it's easy to go, well, shoot, I had all these things and now I don't. Yeah, you lose your looks over time. You better develop a personality while you still can. And so at the end of the day, it's easy to compare yourself to mm-hmm. yourself at 20 or 25. Shit, of course I was better looking then. I was young. <laughs> now, But mm-hmm. but see, then I, that's what I mean, though, is that I like the way I look. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean is like, you know, um, don't peak in high school. Don't peak in college. Like, Keep peaking. Set new boundaries and goals for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And just concentrating on what is positive kind right. of helps you. Well, yeah, we not have to think about what you're missing out on. We have a great life, but lives. we also have a lot to gain. And and so mm-hmm. yeah, at the end of the day, I, every day I think my lucky star for what I do have because some people have nothing. So yeah. you just don't realize how first world our problems it are until you kind of analyze them. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So the next tip for overcoming jealousy is to practice mindfulness. The mindfulness te- techniques help you pay attention to your thoughts and feelings as they come out, come up without judging or criticizing them. Increasing your awareness around jealousy can help you notice any patterns it follows, including things that happen before you feel jealous. Yeah. So yeah, just know what you're dealing with. Know what you're feeling. Understand it. Yeah. As it comes up. All right. Last two steps. Yeah. a little little long here i know but. it's just like <laughs> no. i feel like a lot of this stuff is stuff we've talked about before yeah. well, love thyself know thyself examine mm-hmm. further dear but this is just but relating it, is, it to jealousy so right right no and it's good context. stuff it's just i feel like we've we've said this before but go ahead yeah uh give it time if you've experienced jealousy before you probably already know that it fades with time it might feel intense after you deal with your feelings mm-hmm. but it can also lessen once whatever you felt jealous about is over right yeah. With everything. Give it time. The time heals all wounds. Yeah, it does. I didn't think it would, but it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yes. And last but not least, if you feel like you need to, talk to a therapist. Yeah. So. 
Well, and what it boils down to, you guys, is having the emotional maturity to grow. We we tend to have the certain high school sensibilities. We all have them. We all have them. We all have an inner child, an inner teen, an inner old fart, right? And at the end of the day, who's going to lead? I, I let my inner old fart lead now because that inner child is just like, me, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm like, shut up, dude. You're doing fine. Like... At the end of the day, we have to learn to temper our our inner brat. <laughs> so yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, it's a good article. I just um, I feel like we've said this before. Mm-hmm. It, we can't stress this enough. So it's all good information. But at the end of the day, it boils down to love thyself. Duh, it's not hard. And jealousy is just like other emotions. If you push it away and try to cover it up, it'll rear its ugly head in other ways down the line. So just right. recognize it recognize understand it, it understand give yourself it, some live grace. with it breathe with mm-hmm. it and and then find out the best course yeah and that's the thing is anytime anytime something becomes hard to deal with whether it be homework whether it be exercise whatever it is some emotion um we tend to stifle it bottle it yeah. up mm-hmm. ignore it so that's and, uncomfortable yeah and and there's a there's a term called immersion therapy that when you hang out with this negative emotion long enough it 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 helps us deal with it i mean think about all the craziness in this world think about all the shit trump and trumpers talk about think about the the chinese spy balloon think about space jewish space lasers think all the nonsense in this world that has grown where we've grown numb to how stupid it is how it's all become normalized anything can be normalized anything and that's the problem sometimes with like all these mass shootings how is that getting normalized? But at the end of the day, when you get used to it, somehow we grow accustomed to the unaccustomable. It's like, how on earth are we growing used to shit that we shouldn't get used to? That's, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, unconscionable. So at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, it's really just about knowing yourself and, and, and just having the perspective to know that people out there have it far worse, that your life is good, that you've got all the building blocks for a good, happy, successful life. And yeah, Sometimes, like myself, I get sick of living. I'm bored shitless sometimes. I feel like I live in a perpetual state of overly bored or overly anxious. And it's like, where's the yeah. where's happy medium? I see left and right. Where's the middle? You want to feel good about yourself. You want to feel happy and pleased with your life. You want to feel like there's forward momentum in your life. And some people, you know, I don't know why, but like it's like my aunt. They got no gumption in life. Like... Yeah. Wake up, well, girl. Just, they don't care or they give up. Or... And, well, and that's why we're going to get into this article at the end. This article is all about motivation, especially as we age. Yeah. Because um, there's actually, I, I was, I, we don't have time for it, but there was an, actually an article that talks about that after 60, something happens to our brains where our motivational center is thwarted by certain negative chemicals so we won't go into that but just know that going into this that yeah as we get older it gets harder to exercise it gets harder to stay um uh, focused on the task at hand and we tend to kind of get all over the place you know yeah absolutely yeah so anytime we're talking about motivation um i always think back to a george carlin skit that uh, I think a lot of you probably know if you're a George Carlin fan, but I'm going to play this little excerpt because it totally makes me laugh because it encapsulates 
my feelings about self-help and motivation. So here, I'm going to play this for you now. These people who read self-help books. Why do so many people need help? Life is not that complicated. You get up, you go to work, you eat three meals, you take one good shit, and you go back to bed. What's the fucking mystery? And the part I really don't understand, if you're looking for self-help, why would you read a book written by somebody else? That's not self-help. That's help. There's no such thing as self-help. You did it yourself. You didn't need help. You did it yourself. Try to pay attention to the language we've all agreed on. Something else I don't understand, motivation tapes, motivation books. What happened here? Suddenly everybody needs to be motivated? It's a fairly simple thing. Do you want to do something or you don't? What's the big mystery? Besides, if you're motivated enough to go to the store to buy a motivation book, aren't you motivated enough to do that? So you don't need the book. Put it back. Tell the clerk, fuck you. I'm motivated. I'm going home. I'm going home. Yeah, so I like that little excerpt because... You know, he's got a good point. At the end of the day, we tend to overcomplicate life. We tend to let all of our sensitive feelings get in the way of a more robust life. And at the end of the day, um, you know, yes, there's real feelings involved. Yes, there's real traumas in life. Yes, there's real drama. Things happen. We're all broken. We're all trying to pick up the pieces. And we all, we're like, we're all like a bunch of jigsaw puzzles trying to put together the pieces. Some of us come 100%. Some of us come half of our pieces falling off at the street <laughs> corner back there. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, motivation to stay engaged in life is hard especially if you don't yeah. always agree with it and like me i i i'm not anti-capitalism but i've always had a tender heart and whenever i see the world just exploiting people see the world just chug chug chugging along and we all just put up with it like jesus fucking christ why don't we make this world work for us oh my god can you imagine that <laughs> right and yeah. so that's where the cheese slipped off my cracker Years ago, I'm like, no, fuck it. I'm going to go do what I want to do in this life because I put in 35 years of torment and horseshit for the company man, you know, and you realize you wake up one day and realize that you're not contributing to creating a better society. You're not creating a better world and you and you've lost your own moral imperative to, to be an agent for yourself, to do what you feel is right in this world. And so how we do that has a lot to do with our sense of awareness about capitalism, our awareness about our own feelings and our own uh, sense of motivation and joy. How many broken pieces do are we? We can't very well take on the world if we're half of us is laying there in the garbage pen, bin wondering, you know, where the fuck and all the pieces went. So at at the end of the day, it's about collecting ourselves in such a way where we, we feel like we're carrying ourselves forward into the future, into older age. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so speaking on motivation, we're going to talk about motivation, how to keep it, how to have it, how to recognize it, and how to stay motivated. Because at the end of the day, I've always said that, um, you know, first of all, they say that idle hands is the devil's playthings. Now, that's not meant as a religious statement. That's yeah. just meant to say that when you got nothing to do, you tend to get in trouble. You know, and <laughs> so you got to keep yourself cons having some kind of constructive uh, productivity in your life. So uh, we got this article, babe. Go ahead. And then later we're, we're going to end on uh, seven uh, holistic tips to age gracefully. Go ahead, yeah. babe. So it's from a site called Health Direct, <clears throat> which is apparently 
free Australian health advice. Oh, <laughs> so it's so you it's, know, it, yeah. so you know it's better because it comes exactly. with a it comes with a side of uh, barbecued shrimp. Yep. <laughs> so it is titled "Motivation: How to Get Started and Staying Motivated." Yeah. Just very beginning. What is motivation? Motivation is the drive to achieve your goals or needs, and it is influenced by how much you want the goal, what you will gain, what will you lose from not achieving it, and your personal expectations. Right. Why is motivation important? It's important because it provides you with goals to work towards, helps you solve problems, helps you change old habits, and helps you cope with challenges and opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Next is how can I get motivated? This is just short and sweet and to the point. Yeah, that's what I want. Yep. Most people struggle with motivation, but it is even more challenging if you have mental health issues, such as depression or anxiety. Right. Very that's true. Why, and that's why we're talking about this today. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of my, even my own motivation is thwarted daily by waking up feeling incomplete, feeling yeah. depressed, feeling inadequate, yeah. feeling off for some reason, and needing that time to center. Yeah, so, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So here is how you can help yourself get motivated. Right. Set yourself one specific achievable goal. Yeah. And I think the key word is there. Achievable. achievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. people just put these things on Lofty themselves. goals, and, right? Yeah. And if you can't, if it's so big that you just can't even get started, it helps to have little. Well, that's what I mean. If you're trying to become a fighter pilot and you've never been in the Navy, yeah. you've never flown <laughs> right. an airplane, chances are you might want to. Change or lower your expectation of yourself. Exactly. <laughs> but you start it as, oh, I'll take a class. Right. I'll read a book. I'll then do I'll go this. take a class. Exactly. And then, yeah. So uh, think about how to include that goal in your life, what you need to do to make it happen, and then put a time frame on it. Right. Break your goal into small, easy tasks and set regular reminders to complete each step. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how I have to do things. Right. And use your family and friends as support. Tell them about your goals and encourage them to keep you motivated. That's you guys. That's important. That's why I tell yeah. you guys, please share the show. If mm -hmm. you care about us, if you care about what we're doing, come on over and say hi to us. Encourage us. I am not, I know I come off like Mr. Fancy Pants Radio Guy, but I assure you, I need help too. I need support. I need encouragement and I need you to share the show and I need you to pitch in a dollar or two. And that's all that would go heaps into my uh, own mental health problems because a lot my very existence hinges on this show and i need you guys to help me <laughs> make this work <laughs> yeah we all need other people yeah whether we think so absolutely. or not absolutely go ahead next step is how can i stay on track to achieve my goal make your goal part of your routine by using a diary or app for reminders yeah very important sometimes right just get thinking about other things and it just kind of slips your mind and sure positive self-talk is important and effective in managing depression or anxiety instead yeah. of saying i can't say i can try well yeah i mean you know at the end of the day set realistic goals for yourself and give yeah. yourself you know realistic expectations of yourself yeah absolutely yeah mindfulness helps keep you relaxed and focused mm -hmm. start a class or join a support group yeah reward yourself when you've completed a step or goal yeah. Absolutely. Stars on that refrigerator go a long way. Yeah. That's why we do it as things. kids and mm -hmm. we grow as adults. That's the thing is that we stop getting those refrigerator stars and then we go, well, shit, my life no longer has meaning. And that's why Fitbit and all these apps mm -hmm. have these little encouraging ways of giving us, you know, yeah. PlayStation. They all do it. They give you little trophies and awards yeah. and stars and things. Absolutely. And it helps you it achieve does. your little short term yeah. goals. Like my, my yeah. Fitbit 
vibrates and mm-hmm. gives me a little cute message when I hit 5,000 every 5,000 increment. That's right. It, yeah. It helps. It works. Every little thing helps. <laughs> it, it does. Helps. Yes. And then there's some step, some mm. steps, some tips for staying motivated. Yeah. Regularly review your goals and progress. Seeing progress is a great motivator in itself and also improves your self-esteem. Yeah. Very true. So, oh, I did it. I can do it. I can keep going. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, inc- that's the thing I try to tell people is, you know, don't focus on the incremental progress if you're like lifting weights or something and you don't look like Schwarzenegger on day two. Like, Look at it is you put the work in and then four or five, six months, only look in the mirror every couple months because mm-hmm. you look every day, you're going to be, like, eh, and then you're going to get discouraged. I was making a joke the other day that my body, I, I ha- I'm about a seven out of 10. And then when I work out a whole lot, especially in my forties, I end up at a seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, no, that's not true because there's other rewards other than exactly. just the way you look. It's the way mm-hmm. you feel. Yeah. It's your strength. It's how your body doesn't betray you as much. So yeah, you got to look at the, all the little reasons why we put in the effort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Next tip for staying motivated is continue to set new goals. Think about what you want to achieve next week, next month, and next year, but tackle one at a time so you don't feel overwhelmed. Absolutely. I have all kinds of short-term goals and long-term goals. And I've talked about them here on the show. I'm still going to write the book. I'm still going to write the cookbook. It's just that I've got so many things going on that it takes me forever. And then when you have depression, anxiety, you feel like it's never going to get done. But no, it's a part of who you are. You know it will happen. It's just it'll happen when your mind is right. It will happen when you allow yourself to get right with yourself and your goals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Next is to keep the momentum up. It takes most people about two months to develop a new new habit. It can take much longer some, for some people, but keeping the momentum and routine helps it feel more automatic over time. Yeah, yeah. And they also say it takes about 30 days to break bad habits. So yeah. give yourself 30 days at least. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, find mentors if you can. Someone you look up to who is experienced in the habit you want to change. Surround yourself with positive people. Positive mm-hmm. friends and family enhance your positive self-talk. And this also helps manage symptoms of depression and anxiety. Well, that's kind of the problem with me is I grew up around a bunch of donors and dudes, metalheads and shit. And there was no such thing as positive. Everybody was like, oh, God, get away from me, positive person. And so when you grow up in the 90s, I mean, you were saturated by sadness and morose and Mm -hmm. despair and infinite melancholy, you know. And you got to snap out of it and go, no, 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 man. And and then as you get older and you mature, you start to realize the utility of of being positive, of being mm-hmm. good to each other and good to yeah. good to yourself. Yeah, and just helps you move forward with whatever mm-hmm. you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. And last but not least, what to do if you lose motivation? Setbacks are normal, but developing resilience can help you carry on and continue from where you left off. Here are some tips to help you find your motivation again. Review your goals and see if they are realistic in the time frame you have set. You may need to break your goal down further into smaller and more achievable goals. Bite-sized pieces. Absolutely. For everything. Mm -hmm. Remember why you wanted to get motivated or reach that goal in the first place. Yeah. Reassess your drive, your desire. Is it still there? And the reason for it. Mm -hmm. Is the reason still valid? Right. You may have to adjust that. plodding forward with something and then you realize that's not even something I care about anymore. I used to care about being a bodybuilder. Now I just want to you know, not have my gut shake when I brush my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) I've reassessed my goal, you know? Yep. Yep. 
Next is to take motivation from others. Feel inspired by reading a book. Talk to your mentor or friends or family who've reached similar goals to the ones you have set. Yeah. Last but not least, sometimes you just need to take a break and start afresh. Yeah. Hitting that reset button. How many times have you heard me say that, you guys? Hitting Mm -hmm. that reset button, whether it's every day, every seven days, or every month, or every seven minutes, at the end of the day, yeah, you just got to just sometimes go, fuck, I'm not... I'm not feeling it today and allow yourself to get your mind right. And, and that's the time when your mind isn't right to, to really make a list and look at your goals, look at your, what's making you regret, look at your bucket list, look at your list of goals and achievements that you want to have in the short term and the long term. And then, yeah, reanalyze how much of this shit's actually important. This might've been just shit that was important to you in high school. And now you're out of high school, you're almost 30, and you're going, I don't even right. care about this anymore. Yeah, so reassess exactly. your goals. Yeah. Um, I had a girlfriend in high school. She was going to become a doctor. Oh, she was going to be a doctor. Uh, she watched ER the whole bit, right? Well, actually, that was before ER. It was one of those shows. Right. I don't remember which. <laughs> it might have been ER. I can't remember. No, ER was... It was on that in those days, wasn't it? No. It wasn't. No. It came on... After. After. Yeah, we're years. old. We're elderly. Yeah. Yeah. But... um. But I remember she's going to be a doctor. And then years and years and years and years later, we became friends on Facebook. And uh, she works with animals. So she's not mm-hmm. a doctor. She's not right. even a veterinarian. She's yeah. nowhere near that. In other words, you know, your idealized self of, of what you feel like you have to look like or feel like you have to do to be good enough um, changes over time. And as you get older, you become more okay with imperfection. And you don't have to look like a Kardashian. You don't have to have the coach bag. You don't have to dress only in juicy couture you can you know wear them amazon basics (laughs) you know it's fine and that's what working out is so cool because when you work out and you lose a little bit of weight you start getting self-esteem and when you start getting self-esteem your brain's working better and then all those cylinders are firing again and then guess what you can wear a burlap sack and look great yeah. And that's the beauty of it is that you make clothes look better because you look better mm-hmm. and you feel better. And it's never fitness is never about looking better. It's about feeling better. But it's an, just a nice little added side bonus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good job, babe. OK, guys, 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 stay with us because at the end of this, we're going to have a conversation. No article reading, just a good old conversation about regret and getting older and nostalgia and envy and all that stuff so do look out for that at the end but i got one more article to bombard you with come on stick with me people come on you got this so this article is seven holistic tips to age gracefully ensure health happiness and longevity by practicing these vitality boosting habits ever wonder why some people live to 90 or 100 with grace and joy Uh, Good genes certainly help, but an optimistic spirit and a sense of purpose may matter even more. A 2011 review in Applied uh, Psychology, well-being of 160 published studies confirmed a compelling connection between a positive state of mind and overall health and longevity. And that's why us 80s and 90s kids are screwed, because we're just 90s emos, man. We (laughs) All the music was depressing in those days. We had to get out of the 90s to get it back into ourselves. Integrative medicine focuses on this mind-body connection 
as the cornerstone of total wellness. Wellness looks at the context of your life, says Tack Poon. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Shut up, Brian. Don't do it. Tack Poon, MD, a cardiologist with the Palo Alto Medical Foundation. It spans not just physical health, but work, attitudes, creative outlets, and especially relationships of all kinds. Integrative physicians believe that your mental state, particularly a sense of purpose, affects lifespan. In a 2014 study in psychology science, researchers found that setting goals and taking action to achieve them led to healthier lifestyle choices and ultimately a longer life. My healthiest patients, a good number of them in their 90s and 100s, enjoy people or a hobby, actively learn new things and have positive engagement in life, says Dr. Poon. So he says here, uh, the following uh, seven steps, Dr. Poon, I'm sorry, that's his name, uh, plays a big role in ensuring health, happiness, and longevity. Practice these vitality-boosting habits regularly to help you age gracefully. Number one, live in the moment. Like everyone else, you cannot predict uh, life's every turn. So make the most of each moment. Learn how to live in the present and how to cultivate daily awareness. Number two, forgive yourself and others. Forgive Forgiveness doesn't mean you condone what occurred. It means you relinquish the event, the event's toxic hold on your mind and body. If you're having trouble letting go, consult a counselor, therapist, or spiritual advisor for support. And I find this one especially important. Number three, find humor and laugh at yourself. Watch funny movies, read humorous essays, enjoy jokes. Even when life throws you a curveball, take joy seriously and take yourself lightly. Because that's really Absolutely. what it boils down to. People take life and themselves so fucking seriously now and those are the people that become toxic those are the ones that become these the radicalized by their conviction hey we all want justice we all want equality but jesus christ calm the fuck down yeah uh, number four stay curious you, you're never too old to learn something new many of dr poon's patients actively socialize with younger people and enjoy learning new things Absolutely. Number five, be flexible in body and mind. Yoga can help both. Not only will yoga increase your muscles flexibility, but the mindful approach to movement and breath may also improve your mental outlook. And I call that body centrism, mm -hmm. yeah. body awareness. Be aware of your body. Don't don't let your body be this crude piece of matter. It, you're the pilot of this vehicle. You fly it the way you want. Uh, number six, meditate. Meditation comes in many forms, including prayer, gardening, journaling, and quilting. Uh, Cross-stitch, babe? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Engage in any activity where time uh, flies because you're having fun. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Number seven, gratitude. Be grateful. Learn to approach the good things around you. Find out easy ways to cultivate gratitude. For example, take 15 minutes each night to write down things you're grateful for. Now, we've done shows about all of this, mm -hmm. you guys. So I just, at the risk of repeating ourselves and beating a dead horse, yeah, you got to love yourself. Yes, you got to find things that give you joy, even if it's TikTok. Now, I think TikTok is stupid, okay? Sorry, I'm 48. I'm, I think it's dumb. I won't go on there. Because I know if I do, I'm going to probably like it, and I'm probably going to just... Ugh, just get sucked down the rabbit hole and I just refuse. But sometimes we get into a lot of like states of mind where we're watching a lot of paranormal shows or we're watching a lot of serious dramas or true crime. At the end of the day, we forgot to enjoy life and to laugh. And so I go out of my way to find funny stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Lately, we've been watching Futurama. I watched this guy. He's a metal drummer on uh, YouTube. His name is 66 Samus. And he's just this Canadian dude with long hair and a beard. And yeah. he's funny. He's yeah. just funny. He reminds me of me before I got old and started taking life too seriously. So the Futurama is helping that too. Kind of reminding me of the good old days when I used to goof and be silly, be fun loving and quit being so trying so hard to be perfect just yeah you have to find the humor in things yeah. especially laughing at yourself yeah like there's times at work so there's every half hour we have to do this service one thing to kind of remind people to look around them yeah and it's over the intercom right even a couple of weeks ago, I've done it a few times. Yeah. As soon as I pick up the phone, I get into answering the phone mode. <laughs> so I go into my answering the phone spiel on the intercom. Right. I'm supposed to be saying something else. And probably the old me would have just been mortified and it would have just wrecked the rest of my day. Yeah. But I just laugh at myself because well, yeah. it's fucking funny. It and is me funny. and my coworkers laugh at it. And then we somebody else does something stupid and you just kind of... it. enjoy your inner silly heart i've been telling you guys that since season one now does that mean that we should get rid of our inner adult that knows how to be responsible no No, that's not at all the balance is hard integrate yeah Yeah. how do you integrate Mm -hmm. your inner um serious adult and your inner child and your inner silly heart because at the the, on the one hand you want to take life seriously you want to be goal oriented you want to be motivated but at the end of the day like sometimes life what like that's what gets me so frustrated is that i used to succeed at everything i did i got a's on tests i completed every uh, homework assignment i i was a chronically a and b student i did all these things all these accomplishments and then as i turned into my 40s accomplishments weren't adding up nearly as fast and yeah. jobs weren't as easy to get because mm-hmm. of ageism and jobs were just getting harder to find and harder to come by in general. And so I started to realize, wow, the world is changing, bro. What are you going to do? And and you can either get way uptight and serious like it is getting, or you can go the other way and just start to learn to enjoy life. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, you know, I really do think it has a lot to do with um, ignoring society, ignoring all the shit out there and just doing you. If you want to be a hippie, mm-hmm. Hippie child, flower child, dress in bell bottoms, dress in old hippie shit. Don't wear a bra. Fuck it. I mean, at the end of the day, be you. If you if you miss the seventies or you miss the nineties, I still dress in combat boots at concerts because I miss the nineties. I miss grunge. I miss I miss mosh pits. I miss just enjoying music and enjoying festivals and enjoying life. And there used to be a time where people just seemed to be easier. It was easier to get along with each other. What do you think changed? society has started taking itself more seriously, I think. Yeah. Which makes people take themselves and everything more seriously. Do you feel it's getting more serious because the, because the issues are getting more serious? Probably. Is it commiserate to the amount of seriousness we should be taking it or are we taking it too overly serious? I think there's a good reason for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, But again, you have to find the balance in it because you can't stay in that serious all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, when I get into those modes where I'm taking my fitness too seriously or I'm deep in thought about how much I want to, like, succeed in life and it's just not coming fast enough, it gets so exceedingly easy to go, fuck, so frustrating. But then, you know, you put on Futurama or you put on a comedy or something and uh, you got to learn to have a fuck it attitude sometimes. At the end of the day... 
This world doesn't give a shit about you or me. So we have an equal chance at success and failure, you guys. I always try to look at the bigger picture. Anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed by my feelings or ever, anytime I feel like the universe or the world is just getting too big or just too too many people, too many problems, I watch like, um, you know, like shows about the cosmos and it puts yeah. it all into perspective. <laughs> yes, You're like, wow, yeah. we're just these little critters on this little planet. It mm-hmm. makes your problem seem so minuscule by comparison. Yeah. You know? Definitely puts it in perspective. Yeah. Okay, so that's all the articles. Sorry. I, You know, I try to make those as short and sweet as possible, but the information is really important. It's good stuff, yeah. Yeah, and Absolutely. so now that all that's done, we're done with all the articles, we've got all the information at our hand, I wanted to have a conversation about fear and regret, and envy, and jealousy, and all that. So, at the end of the day, babe, I mean, right now, I mean, we could be 50 with this beautiful house and these great power careers, but we don't. No, we don't. (laughs) You know, we just don't. And um, sometimes I get tired of that, because I see people out there succeeding that I know I was a more dedicated student then. But at the end of the day, I got to let go of that shit. It's not serving me well. We live in a world where people like Mr. Beast, the YouTuber, are going to be millionaires. And and good intention, well-intentioned people are going to be broke. And that's just the unfairness of life. You know, um, (laughs) I hate to say this because it's disgusting. But my friend was telling me about how they got this new baby. And he's like, that baby's got the biggest penis on it I've ever seen. Like, I can't believe that thing's going to get bigger from here. Oh, my God. And he's like, I'm jealous. He's already bigger than me, and he's not even a year old, right? (laughs) Sorry, I know. But my point is, is that life isn't fair. Guess what, you guys? Some people are born on third base. Some people are born on first base. Some mm-hmm. people are born on home base. Some people are born as millionaires. Some people are born as broke. And and so you you have to take your body and your mind and make the best out of what you were given. Yeah, you definitely Because believe me, having a big penis doesn't solve all your problems. I should know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It kind of reminds me of Harold Kumar. Well, just because I have a big dick doesn't mean I, should, I have to do porn. anyway okay sorry but i'm just trying to have fun i'm trying to lighten the mood you guys i mean at the end of the day that's what this is about is is that yeah man i mean some girls just got big monstrous titties and some girls got no titties and guess what there's guys out there that like both there ain't no problem with your physicality because i think a lot of people that's what happens is they were they're they're an, an accumulation. Instead of being an accumulation of all the good things their parents instilled in them, they become instead accumulation of all the things that people told them that was wrong with them. Oh yeah, definitely. So that's- I know that's you in a heartbeat. So please, yeah, examine that. Tell me what you think about that because I know that you still to this day deal with negative self talk and uh, not feeling motivated, not knowing what to do with your life. So t- at I can tell you you're a beautiful woman, so I don't know what your problem is, but that's kind of like, I guess I'd rather have a beautiful woman who doesn't know it than a beautiful woman who does know it, because then she's like, I know, baby. She's like, bender. <laughs> you know, she has, 
you know, she's going to find out, you know, that I tricked her. And But I just mean to say women who are beautiful and don't know it, they're humble. And that's a good trait. And, and all people have to learn humility. But at the end of the day, I mean, talk on that. Talk on this negative self-talk, some of the jealousies you had growing up and how you were able to grow out of all those shynesses and all those insecurities because you're so you're you're still get you're still growing you're not there yet but you're Mm -hmm. you're i mean god you're a voice talent yeah how did that happen (laughs) i don't know it's like the furthest thing on your radar and Mm -hmm. i'm so incredibly proud of you because as an introvert as a shy girl that is like something that is great stuff it is something for sure yeah yeah i just i think i grew up I was with depression, mm, yep. and you didn't Me put too. a name to it until it was not, it was the I was 90s. We had no in choice. my 20s, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I never had people telling me that I was bad or wrong or ugly yeah. or well, whatever. And it's that's just good. it was a lot of assumption, self, probably, and, and self talk because you look at people around you and you compare yourself and yeah, fashion magazines and this and that. Well, and it's and just when you're younger, you don't know how to work through all that nonsense to this day i honestly believe what happened to us is we were regular poor people in a rich community and to this day we go down there every year and and i love it there don't get me wrong and there's a lot of good nice people there so please i'm not trying to generalize but i just mean to say that the central coast of california was built and bred for rich people and so if you're not a doctor or some fancy pants you're, you kind of made to feel inferior. And at the end of the day, you work a regular job. I mean, t- tell tell the folks about your previous doctor and what she went and did. Okay. So, I actually just want to start off by saying mm. that, like, the small area that I grew up in, it wasn't like that. But then you had to go a couple miles up the up the coast so you got to San Louis. And that was where the big attitudes were. Yeah. And then it all just kind of migrated to the whole, to the whole well, area. Yeah, yeah. Because- well, cause I, yeah, we grew up in what's called the central coast where the main hub is San Luis Obispo. That's where Cal Poly is. That's where the big college is. That's where all the money is. That's where the major hub of everything is. And then you got the surrounding cities. She was in the South. I was in the North. I was in Morro Bay, Los Osos area. She was in the, what's called the five cities area, Grover, uh, Beach, which used to be called Grover City, Royal Grande, yeah. Shell Beach, etc. And so those parts didn't used to be that way as much, like when I was growing up, when I was really little. Yeah. But then it, the whole, you know, the attitudes just permeated. Yeah. But yeah, so back and to it, my... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say back to my doctor. You mm. know, she used to be a normal doctor, took insurance, you know, saw yeah. patients. And then a couple years ago, she just turned into this for-profit you have to pay her a yearly sum and then she'll be your doctor. Yeah. So it's basically the Cadillac plan for rich people. Yeah. 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 And that's no what I mean. I mean, just cash, just, just cash out of mm-hmm. hand, no insurance at all. And yeah. So if you're rich enough, Hey, mm-hmm. have fun. And that's what I mean is that we, unfortunately you guys, and there's no way to sugarcoat this is that we live in a top down society. And so when we fight, we're fighting against regressive attitudes that perpetuate the injustice and inequality for regular people. That's not to say that all rich people are bad. That's not to say that yeah. the accumulation of wealth is necessarily bad. But when it becomes so offset that there's a handful of billionaires that have more money than the other 90% of the world, 
that's a problem. And so what we're trying yeah. to do is create good outcomes for regular people. Why? Because guess what? Growing up, homespun values, kitchen table values fucking matter. They yeah. matter. Absolutely. And I think for me, as far as the self-esteem and negative talk mm. and things, just growing older has just helped me put things in perspective and helped me be nicer to myself. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I, I see my mom. She, you know, she... When I was in culinary school, she was like, I'm going to work forever. Fuck it. You know, I feel great. And then not long later, she started having symptoms of fibromyalgia. And then she had a mini stroke, a transient ischemic attack. And and then she retired. And, um, you know, she just she put so many hours into her career that now she just sits here wondering who in the fuck she is. And I love her to death. She's the nicest, kindest woman you could ever meet, ever. But I'm always trying to encourage her to work out or encourage her to, you know, lose a couple pounds. Not for me, but for her. She's getting ready to be 70 years old. And I love my mom. And I just want to see her last remaining years checking off that um, uh, bucket list to do fun and interesting things before it's too late. Um, but but, you know, that's what happened is she put all her motivation into working for this bank for 40 years almost. And now she feels like she's just got nothing left. And, and it kind of messed with her her life um, uh, elasticity, if you will. At the, at the end of the day, when you give too much as an athlete in your younger years, sometimes you don't have much left in your older years and you got to heal and repair and do all these different things to get yourself right again. And so, yeah, I mean, um, at the end of the day, uh, I, I just I want to see my ladies in my life feel good and, and feel motivated and, and be, feel free enough to do and accomplish anything they want in their life. And that's really what this whole episode today is about, is getting older. At the end of the day, getting older is the shits, you guys. We just, our bodies break down a little bit our mind breaks down we have more instances of mental health problems and so that's what's so hard about getting older now is that the world is getting harder too it's like fuck dude i'm trying to get old here would you leave me alone (laughs) so at the end of the day what's some good advice that we can give not based on you know because these articles they're it's all great stuff but at the end of the day it doesn't really hit hammer home what in the fuck real people are dealing with Mm -hmm. because they're all written by a bunch of fancy pants we're talking about real folks going fuck i work at the 99 cent store the dollar tree this don't apply to me tell those folks that it's all okay too because yeah i mean i'm 50 i'm like should i go back and get a degree i don't want to go back to school i don't want to owe more money you know so tell the folks how can we have a sense of productivity and motivation uh, in times that just are just getting ridiculous. You don't know who to trust. You don't know what schools or institutions you can trust. So where do we go? That is really difficult. I know. But yeah. I mean, just kind of going back yeah. to the whole like jealousy thing, because that's a huge thing when you see other people doing better than you financially or yeah. whatever. It's it's really hard. You Especially when you to, put in on this yeah, life. Exactly. And then you're like, fuck, and I gotta start over. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You just kinda have to take a step back and just appreciate the things that you do have. And if there's little mm-hmm. changes you can make to make things easier for yourself or get towards small goals. Yeah. Just take it small. Like all these like articles said, you know, just take things small 
little things that you can change that'll make you happier that might make things move forward a little bit. Um, but like in to, what way? I mean, like just, use yourself yeah. as an example. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. You don't, you, you don't know anybody yeah. better than you no, know yourself. I know. Yeah. Um, well, that's my, I haven't gotten to that point and I haven't figured out. Well, that's why I asked because I, I, I want you, mm-hmm. it's easy to dole out advice from a news article. It's quite yeah. harder no, it to look at yourself in that. Yeah. But and what would, what, what do you think you could do? Just, you know, use yourself in a, you feel stuck. You know, that's what the first article said. You feel stuck. You don't feel good enough. You feel like the world's getting too competitive. All the markets are oversaturated. What do we do with all these feelings and knowledge? Well, with me, I don't know what else I could do at the moment. Yeah. As far as jobs or whatever. So I'm well, just kind of content. trying to, yeah, I'm trying to with just stay where I am and yeah. and take the joy where i can from it and yeah keep an open mind to things that could come up if they do yeah because i mean you and i have both tried things and we've all tried things i mean my mom tried uh you know she tried to become a paralegal it just didn't suit her she didn't get adequate on the job training and she just kind of fell out of it and went back into banking um but that's normal a lot of people do that i mean i reclassed in the army didn't like it went back to my old unit you know uh, we go back to our old jobs because the new stuff that we're trying just doesn't fit us. It's easy to do these days. I mean, a lot of people, I see a lot of people like, well, I'm going to go work uh, as an Amazon support tech from home. And then they try it for a week and they're going, oh, God, ew, God, that was awful. Yeah. It's a, it, And so at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, opportunities don't grow on trees anymore. And when you have all these wealthy corporations that, pretty much take up 75% of the entire market at the end of the day, finding yourself and finding your joy, finding your sense of humor and finding your career satisfaction can be a hard one. And so, yeah, I think what you're doing, babe, uh, is just, you're writing it out. You're accumulating, um, you're accumulating, um, a resume. That's what I'm doing here. Even if my show, even though I think it deserves, you know, a podcast award, um, Hey, it might take five, 10 years for, to even get noticed on the radar. That's how many people are out there. And I have to put it in perspective. And at the end of the day, do I think we're doing good work? Yes, of course. I, I, I put my heart and soul into this. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of politics out there, a lot of games. Those people might know people. I don't know people, you know. So at the end of the day, it's about committing yourself to you know, what works for you, committing yourself to your own values and beliefs. And that's what you were saying in your article. Well, and one thing I did do is I did get out of medical assisting. Yeah, right. It would have been, I would have had to go through more to get into it up in Oregon, but I could have. Well, and that was like But me. I realized it wasn't making me happy. Well, so. and, right. And that's like with me, I could have gone into massage therapy, but Oregon's got its own ways of doing it. I would have had to recertify it from scratch. I'm like, fuck, I put... 500 mm-hmm. hours into this. I'm not going to start over again. But if it was again. something that you knew would really make you happy and you right. loved doing, it well, would have been worth it. But I did with like me, mas- it wasn't worth it. Yeah. For me, the reason why I got out of massage is because men in massage don't get very far because a lot of women don't want a man as a masseuse because they feel like they have their own body issues. And then a lot of guys don't want a guy as a masseuse because of their own hangups. Hang-ups. 
Which is all societal. It's all societal. That's right. And that's why I got into chair massage. And that's where I actually did the best, doing chair massage for uh, hospitals and whatnot. But the work just didn't come enough, you know. But at the end of the day, I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are just figuring out, like they just in a perpetual state of figuring shit out. And I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You don't want to speak on that. Well, there's not. I mean, find some place where you're content. And you, you know, you're making enough to get by and keep an ear out and an eye out. If something shows itself that could be an opportunity, then Hmm. be prepared to take it. But let yourself be content with what you're doing if it's not something that's totally killing your soul and you're absolutely miserable doing. Well, and that's why I, you know, like I, I sometimes I crap on some of the jobs out there. I'm like, I don't want these fucked up jobs. And I mean it. That doesn't mean I'm negative. It means that the world is starting to try to shove me in a in a in a square peg and I'm a round peg. And if I don't fit in those pegs, you know, that that's why I, instead of being a chiropractor, I went to culinary school. I wanted to be a chef. I wanted, you know, a, a life that just was a little more renegade, you know, and um, I just didn't see myself doing that. Now, do I regret it a little bit because I would have been a kick ass chiropractor. I have really good mm-hmm. intuition as an empath. I think I would have kicked ass as a healer. Um, but that being said, I I just don't have the money or the funds to get there. And so instead of living my life full of regrets, I just, I don't know. I just try to stay proud of the little house that I'm building. The little house of Surviving exactly. Empathy Podcast and Chef Bright Comedy. Mm-hmm. You know. And and the rest of our life. And you just have to and the rest yeah, of it, right? just take pleasure in the little things and appreciate what you do have and yeah keep an ear out for things that might come along the way and don't dismiss things well what would you say to folks that are trying to become youtubers or trying to become content recreators or they're trying to get on skillshare because they have some skill that they want to show the world and unfortunately we just live in a world where the most excitable motherfucker seems to be the one that wins and it's not always necessarily the most talented or the most skilled and so that's yeah. where I feel like I'm trying to break through the noise of just excitable young YouTubers and I get overwhelmed and I get jealous and I get like upset and frustrated. Why can't I break through the noise when I know that I've got the better mind for it? I've got better information to give. I've got more, you know, I know that once I'm there, I'm going to kick ass, but getting there is hard. So what would you tell folks who are trying to achieve a goal, but just can't break through the fucking noise of so many goddamn people out there? What do you do? I guess you just kind of keep with it. Yeah. You have to, if that's what you really want to do, you have to have other things on the side, maybe to help you get by. Right. But right. if well, that's yeah. your passion, then keep on with it. Well, like I have a friend and I've been on his podcast. His name is Sean Murphy and he does a podcast called uh, Above the Bar Podcast. Uh, go t- go check him out. Sean Murphy, great guy. Yeah, and he's married with kids and he, he was a Marine for most of his life. And now he podcasts. And I don't even think he's getting numbers like we're getting. And yet he's like, fuck it. Every day, every mm-hmm. week, he's got a new guest, what he a new show. Doing. It's what yeah. he likes to do. And he's mm-hmm. good at it. Yeah. And so I'm just like telling people, if you're good at something, don't let pop culture define whether or not you're worthy or not. Because I know our show is is good. And, and I know someday something will happen. But, you know, there's this like little part of you that's like, 
Maybe a celebrity will discover me, or maybe somebody will give me a boost here or there. It never happens. Don't expect it. Maybe it'll happen, but don't don't ever depend on you know those Oprah Winfrey moments to happen in life because they don't come. They don't come often enough to depend on. So if it, if it comes, great. But if it doesn't come, just stand on the laurels of your own hard work and your own good values, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, and regret can be a lot of things. Like, um, for me, I regret that I, ne- I didn't pick up the guitar sooner. I- I've been telling myself mm-hmm. for years I'm going to do it. Year after year goes by. And uh, I remember reading this uh, post by Will Wheaton. He's like, you know... I regret never picking up the guitar, but you know, I got to a point where I'm like, fuck it. You're not a guitar player. That's just is (laughs) what it is. And I was like, yeah, that's me too. And then most recently I've been getting a lot into drumming and my friend, uh, I grew up around bands. My good friend was in a band with this, uh, guitarist. You might've heard of him. He's called, um, Jesus. (laughs) Travis Larson. Yeah. The Travis Larson band. I went to high school with him, and he is one of the leadest prog metal guitarists out there right now. He's up there with, like, Steve Vai and all these people. He's great. They're so good. And, um, you know, Craig got to a point where his drumming just couldn't keep up par with Travis's greatness. He's just a fucking virtuoso guitarist, and that is that. I have another friend. His name is David Dave Abbott, and he's a guitarist, and he's up there too, and he, they're both great. You can find them both on Spotify, by the way. But these people, when you grow up around greatness, and you just go, God, I can't even fucking play a chord. You're like, ugh. But you know what? I, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of drummers, and I, I came to the conclusion that maybe I've been barking up the wrong tree. Maybe I wasn't meant to be uh, a, a guitarist. Maybe I was meant to be a percussionist, because I picked up drums when with my friend, And um, I may not ever get to where I want to be. In other words, I don't want to start the drums for fame or success. Mm -hmm. I want to start drums just to see if how fun it would be. Yeah. Just it feels fun to me. Like I would love to have a little electric pad and just just do all that. I think it would be fun. And I watched this metal drummer guy and it just looks like so much fun. I think I could do it. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be a lot of fun. And um, maybe that would be a a great pastime someday just to get a little kit and pick it up and and hope for the best. But but I start to think about like, imagine if you were like a concert pianist or some professional musician, doesn't matter which instrument, but you grew up on it. And then you watch these fucking people, these fucking people, these Justin Bieber's, these Britney Spears, these Metallicas, making all the fame and all the fortune. Now, don't get me wrong. They could be talented. It's a natural, God-given talent. But at the end of the day, how can you as this classically trained person, like me, I'm a classically classically trained chef, watching all these YouTubers kick ass and succeed while I'm sitting here going, fuck, why didn't I do that when when the market wasn't saturated? Mm -hmm. But I could sit here and live... My life daily go on kicking dirt, kicking dust, wondering why not me. Or I could just, you know, put my hat in the ring and see what happens. You know, I, we were watching that new show that um, Gordon Ramsay's, uh, what's it called? The Level Up or something? I think Level Up. The Next up, Level yeah. or something? Something about levels. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched these young home cooks and young chefs and people, some in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And they're all trying to be on this game show. And I I just, I lament as a chef that cooking has become 
nothing more than a competition on a TV show. Gordon yeah. Ramsay wouldn't be famous if it wasn't for the television circuit. Like, name a famous chef that hasn't been on TV. I, I dare you. You can't, you can't mm -mm. think of one. No. So becoming a chef leads to writing. Becoming a chef leads to hosting shows. Leading a chef becomes all these things, but very rarely do they become, do you become famous by it, it by itself. Yeah. You know, and so I just, I lament where the industry's gone. Now, do I get a little bit of fun in it just like everyone else? Yeah, I do. You know, but as a culinarian who's been there myself, I feel for these people struggling because it feels like we're just exploiting human nature to put people under tremendous loads of stress and just see how it plays out. And I find that kind of mean, kind of cruel in a way. Yeah, it is. But when it comes to the TV stuff, like you don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. People know what they're getting into with that. I mean, do it they? is ridiculous. <laughs> I, well, you've watched enough that of That one poor shows. girl from Alabama, man. Oh, I know. But poor thing. You, obviously, she's watched cooking shows before and just yeah. knows what the TV version of it is. Yeah, the TV doesn't circuit mean when you is get brutal, in there, it's It yeah. doesn't suck, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's... Well, it's and that's just it. This thing. Just because you're not world-class doesn't mean you don't have a talent. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be very fair and honest. You know, Mike Rowe used to say, a lot of people just... Say they're going to be this and that and all this and 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 to know realistically what your chances are. In other words, if you have no natural talent, give it up. You know, my friend yeah. Craig, he's a good drummer, but he's not a great drummer. Mm -hmm. And he just hung it up. That was me and dancing. Yeah, that was me and cooking. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I was good, really good for a time, but I just couldn't put up with all the nonsense in the industry. I do myself. Yeah, As I a, didn't have the personality to go be in these cutthroat auditions and right. being in the middle of all of it. So And I that's okay. That. Mm, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. I think everybody hangs up their cape at one point. You got Superman sitting around drinking beer, eating peanuts, going, I used to be someone. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're like, ugh. But that's regret. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. before we end the show, that's, that's what I want to end on right now. It's just, what can we take away from regret and how can we change all these negative emotions into something functional and positive that we can develop into yeah. a better version of ourselves as we get older yeah well like with the dancing thing like i could regret the fact that i didn't pursue it further or go into like university and try to get into companies and things but at the time i knew my limitations i think i knew i wasn't you were good, but you weren't next level yeah, great. Yeah, and I knew and I didn't okay. have that extroverted personality. I didn't have the competitive streak. And yeah. so it is it is okay because it's. I knew that wasn't for me. I enjoyed it while I did it. And it's a fun thing to look back on. Yeah. And well, and I have a God-given talent with cooking. I just know that I don't necessarily function well out there yeah. being bossed mm -hmm. around, making close to minimum wage, being pushed around in these dramatic high tension and not to mention... They're so bourgeois. They're so uppity. I just can't deal with it. And that, that was the part that I couldn't deal with. I like to see cooks and chefs that do their thing and just, you know, without all the pretense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in those days, it was so pretentious. I was like, ugh. Yeah. And I think the thing is just knowing knowing yourself and knowing your limitations. And, yeah. you know, it's not bad to push yourself in ways that are healthy, but to push yourself into things you know aren't good for you. Yeah. Just because society tells you or people or friends or family are telling you, just just know yourself and know what you're capable of. And Well, yeah, and I, 
I think there's a fine line between knowing your limits and and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Where would yeah. you say that line should be drawn? Well, I think for me, it would have I would have known it if I got into these auditions that were just high stress and high competition. At that point, it's not good for you because you're it feeling because a little bit of discomfort is fine. But when you're just right. totally out of your element and it's making you want to cry and it's stressing you out to a point that's not healthy, then yeah. that's the point where it's not good. Well, now that we're we're almost done with the show, what advice can you give for regular folks out there that ain't fancy, ain't rich, just trying to feel good about themselves? Um, like I said, looks fade with time. How can we develop a personality and a functionality and motivation that endures despite the fact that you, you know, your teeth might get yellow and you might start mm-hmm. getting wrinkles and you ain't as pretty as you used to be. I know I'm not. It happens. It does. Yeah. I'm just... still pretty, but I'm not that pretty. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It just comes ahead. down to just trying mm. to, to know yourself and be happy with yourself. Yeah. And if you can improve little things, do it. Well, but that's don't what... feel like you have to because right. of other people or society. Well, and that's what this show's all about, is just to let people know that, you know, I get jealous sometimes. I get envious. I get jealous of people who have what I want. I get jealous of people who have done the things that I want to do. And, yeah, there's parts of me that even say I could have done it better. But you know what? That's just thinking, thinking, and you get those thoughts out, and um, you have to find outlets for yourself. That's what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Just finding good outlets for yourself. And if you yeah. can't function at that level of professional chef or professional dancer or professional artist, then, you know, those who can't do teach, be a good teacher. Or just do it at home. Or do it or, at home. Have fun. Yeah, right, do it right. for the love of it, not mm-hmm. because of well, yeah. any higher purpose for it. Say you don't become Metallica. You, that doesn't mean that you're invalid. You, my friend. Yeah. I don't know why he's not wealthy from being a guitarist. He's great yeah. at it. Uh, Dave Abbott? Yeah. Go find him, you guys, on Spotify. Dave Abbott. But he's great. He's wonderful. And so is Travis Larson. They're next level good. Now, Travis has made quite an income, I think. Probably not Metallica money, but yeah. certainly better than... It, it became a career for him. And he mm-hmm. made money at it. He had concerts and all that. Yeah. My friend Dave, I don't... He does... Make some money on it, but but he's not quite as famous. But he's really good, you guys. Go get yeah, him a people that talented. I just go, how are God, how are you not rich and famous? I don't get it. <laughs> no, I know. You know? Yeah. It's like we just live in this inherently un uh, world that's just not gonna be fair. And and that was like I've said before, it's the hardest lesson to learn is that life isn't fair. You know? And it's easy to just sit around feeling jealous and angry and upset or you can start getting busy on your own dreams and goals and if you're dreaming goals to do nothing that's okay but stay motivated in some way mm-hmm. yeah like i don't have grand like career motivational things to look forward to but i i've got my little cross stitch projects i've got my books i want to read i've got little things yeah. that, are, that just keep me happy and keep me motivated to just do things that keep me happy. Well, the one thing I enjoy doing. The one thing that I have on my side, and that bears out in the science that we talked about earlier, is that I was always fit. I was always active. I had a lot of things going on as a kid, 
And so, yeah, sometimes I feel like, God, I'm not that person anymore. But no, it's still there. It's just there in ways that I can't always scratch. I'm like, I'm always trying to insert myself into new things and this and that. And where can I go here and there? And just trying to find your niche and trying to find where you fit in. Because it's not about fame and fortune. It's not about um, the money. It's about just knowing your value. And I know that I love radio and I love helping people. And if this incarnation of myself doesn't work in some huge popular way where I'm making lots of money, I'm not making, you know, we're not, we're not always going to make the Rick D's money. We're not always going to make the Wolfman Jack money. We're not always going to make uh, the, the Howard Stern money. And, uh, and, you know, some people just get lucky and that's the yeah. world. And, and, and sometimes you just kind of think you're lucky stars that you weren't inserted into the nonsense machine because it might've made you jaded. I know that's what happened to Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, definitely. He's just like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. you know, just becoming a part of that, the puppet in that machine and all the key, you know, uh, we talk like Les Stroud all the time talking about the, the people, the gatekeepers of mm-hmm. who makes and produces television some of these people are fucking sociopaths. Not yeah. all of them, of course, but yeah. trying to make these gatekeepers happy when the world just wants to, you know, create more real housewives and we're trying to create a life of meaning and substance and purpose. Um, it can get hard, you guys, living in the TikTok world when, you, when you're more than that. Yeah. Just Absolutely. so know your value. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Don't compare yourself to other people. and Right. Unless it's for a, a small little motivation to want to do better for yourself but not to the point where it's it's getting making you. you unhealthy and right. depressed and yeah exactly yeah. so any final thoughts baby i know there was a lot there anything just be yourself and be happy with yourself and yeah. know what makes you happy and try to do those things be yourself is all that you can do. <laughs> it all do. goes back to Chris Cornell. It always does, it does, you guys. Remember, life is circular. Goes starts with Chris Cornell, it ends with Chris Cornell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I love Chris Cornell. That's why his music just just ah, resonates with yeah, me. Because, yeah, does. at the end of the day, it's about being yourself. Mm-hmm. Having fun, being a silly heart, and just, I don't know, just stay motivated at something. And don't worry about your success, worry about whether or not you're doing good work. If the work needs improving, improve. If the work doesn't need improving, keep at it. You'll get there. Yeah. Learn to market yourself better. That's what I'm trying to do. There's nothing wrong with the product. It's the marketing. It's the politics and podcasting. It's the politics and media. It's the, you know, who do you know more so than what do you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just keep on keeping on until you get there. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yes, it is. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you, babe. You're welcome. That's good stuff. It was. Yeah. Look, <laughs> the sun's out. Oh, now it's gone. Now it's <laughs> gone. <laughs> they say if you don't like the weather in Oregon, just wait five minutes. Yep, that's true. Or 15 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, you guys. Have a good day. Stay motivated. Keep on your fitness. Keep on your sense of productivity as you get older and and just know when to self-care no one to exert no one to rest we've said it a million times but at the end of the day um you know there's a reason why only one percent of the population becomes famous and the rest don't it's not necessarily because they're better it's because they sold their soul to that game they played that game they knew the inherent risks they got there and now they have to deal with it mm-hmm. sometimes there's kind of a peacefulness in not being famous i kind of like it if I ever do get famous, I'm going to be like, oh, God, 
all these people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, you guys. We'll be back next week with another one for you. I hope you got something out of this. We love you guys. Come on over. Uh, remember, uh, come on over to my new YouTube channel, Chef Bride Comedy. That's YouTube forward slash Chef Bride Comedy. Subscribe there. I got to have at least double digits, you guys. I got to get up to 10 or 11 or something. <laughs> but I don't have the stink of death. I I just, I, I double down on the quality of who we are and what we're doing. And I know someday the world will wake up to it. I think we're ahead of the curve and people just don't yet know. Once they start seeing it on YouTube, I think it'll grow. Yeah. You know? agree yeah and then uh yeah come on over to my patreon or linktree that's linktree and patreon uh forward slash chef bride comedy that's where you can give us a small tip or if you want to become a patron help us out we're trying to help you guys out as well we're trying to create a world of good mental health robust living fitness but without being a fanatic about it just knowing where the balance in life ought to be that's what it's all about thank you guys so very much we love you we will be back next week and uh, do look out for chef rise food for thought that's going to be a youtube channel and podcast i am uh right now working on it we're working out and ironing out the details as we speak as soon as i'm done editing i'm going to be working on the backdrop and the scripts and what how to structure the show. We've got that all coming for you real soon. So thank you guys. Have a good day. Bye. We love you. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye-bye.